Hi friends, Zayfrey here, host of the Solar Transfusion. Welcome to episode three. So coming up on the Solar Transfusion is gonna be integrative design. What is that? How is that connected to solar project development and life moving forward and climate's changed? I'm thinking about foundations, who we represent, what we believe, sharing what we value as investments, and conveying our principles of action that catalyze us towards a shared purpose, a common and dynamic goal seeking that is uplifting, regenerative, and that is reclaiming space for many of us who have been marginalized in the STEM spaces of science, technology, engineering, and math. But you know, that's the thing about the solar transfusion. That's the thing about this space, this time for stories of light, power, and difference. This is our space. You are welcome here. So let's get rolling. Because remember, friends, if you're here, ooh, you got a place with us. So you know, <laughs> if yes. you're here, friend, you belong. Welcome to the Solar Transfusion. All right. Let's run. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'd love to talk to you today about the ideas of integrative design in solar development. And I'll give you a story to tie that together for the Solar Decathlon of 2009. Once again, with a great kickoff by Rick Hirsch and his big old band, composed by Rick Hirsch. That would be Giddy Up. The work that we're doing here today, the, the work that we're trying to integrate is tied into a story of solar that originated at Penn State back in 2000, 2005, I think. From 2005 to 2007, a team of students and faculty collaborated together to join the National Renewable Energy Lab in the United States, their Department of Energy goal called the Solar Decathlon. This was a goal to design, build, and operate a solar-powered house. It was dynamic, it was crazy, it was emotionally charged and draining. And, and while the team of the 2007 competition did uh, tie for third place, they also were exhausted by the time they were done. And there was a lot of emotional burden that, that came along with that process, which was trying to be very equitable, trying to be consensus building, and yet was very stressful. So I arrived at Penn State in 2007, just as that team was competing on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. In fact, I stopped by the, the mall during the, 
competition while I was at another conference. And it looked so exciting, just so much energy. And so it really was amazing to start a job in 2007 as a faculty in a large research institution where I was approached by this group of students to share in their part of the next solar decathlon. The decathlon is a two-year arc. Two-year arc, and in that at that time, from 2007 to 2009, we applied in, in early 2007. We were accepted, and then we were given a small allotment of grant money that was not allowed to be used to build a house. And yet, we had to build a house. <laughs> so imagine having a group of architecture students, engineering students, combined with communication students, members of the library staff at Penn State, members of all, all sorts of different departments, just coming together because we had a dream of designing and building a solar-powered house, a small house, only 800 square feet. So this would often fit into just larger than the tiny houses that are becoming very popular these days. So I was approached in 2007 by Gretchen, Kyle, Sarah, and I believe it was Sarah who had the wild idea, who recruited Gretchen, and Gretchen, who recruited Kyle, who came in full of energy. We've got this crazy idea for you. We want to apply for the solar decathlon. We want to do it again. We just came out of 2007. We're exhausted and want to do it again, want to do it better. Want to do something that really resonates really with resonates. us. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. I said yes. And I was launched into the craziest arc of two years that I have ever experienced. And yet, also the most rewarding, the most heartwarming experience that I had in all of academia. That's 13 years of academia, and those first two years, they were, they were it. They were amazing and transformative, and they actually allowed me to recapture my connection with being an artist, with being a creative, while using my technical skills as a faculty in an engineering program, right? So how does this tie together with the ideas of integrative design? Because if you're gonna build a house, why don't you just go build a house slap some photovoltaics on top of that, right? You're good to go. Ooh, if it were only that easy. Remember, we had no money? Yeah. Well, because this was a competition, there were many criteria. In fact, a decathlon has 10 evaluations that you're targeting to win points to ultimately seek out uh, some sort of performed ideal. And so we headed off. And a lot of students who, uh, as you imagine, were not professionals were not even graduates. They were people who were engaged in something they were passionate about and we picked them up where they were at. We moved forward 
with people who had conviction and energy and time and a desire to connect with each other around a common interest. And one of the things that was learned from the 2007 experience was that what they wanted to do was an integrative design process. And so I was helped by faculty Lisa Ayulo in the Department of Architecture and Andy Lau, College of Engineering. Those two were experienced scholars who had been a part of the 2005 to 2007 experience and really knew what the students were talking about by an integrative design process. Myself, I was a material scientist really just looking at making better photovoltaic devices. And I got thrown into this world of, of systems engineering and systems design and creative thinking and collective action that really transformed my career. And I think it really actually transformed a lot of people's careers. Because the solar decathlon of 2007 to 2009 engaged over 150 students and faculty engaged five to ten industries to rally around the idea of sustainability and of light coming from the sun to provide comfort in the home. It was so aspirational and so crazy and, and I loved it. But what do people mean by integrative design? Well, this, this concept, integrative design, as it turns out, comes from the green building industry and some of the greatest thinkers that I've come to know in integrative design came out of a collective of firms called Seven Group. Called Seven Group. Seven Group. Seven Group. Had Seven architects Group. and engineers called Seven Group. and filmographers and they had communication specialists called Seven They put together this really amazing portfolio of skills with the common vision of sustainability, of regenerative design, ultimately. And friend, could they throw a good party? Called Seven Group. <laughs> but seriously, they were wonderful. Along with other colleagues, nationally and internationally, they helped to form what many of us in the United States know of as the LEAD program, the U.S. Green Building Council's uh, certification for sustainable green buildings, LEED, L-E-E-D. And Seven Group went on to develop a book called The Integrative Design Guide for Green Buildings, allowing us to question beliefs, assumptions, and philosophies that are underlying decision-making. And we find that we need to do it slower. We need to take time to reveal our assumptions. When you slow down, the rest of the process actually comes together much, much faster. And the cost ends up being quite similar. So we have a process that challenges assumptions and draws in a diverse audience to work together, to find a shared goal, to do research about the purpose of the project at hand for the given locale. 
And how do you know an integrative process is happening? Well, from the Integrative Design Guide by Seven Group and Bill Reed, you're asked for your input in a wide range of issues. You'll find that team members are going to be pushed out of their centers, pushed towards the margins. You are developing expectations for your work. You are intradependent with each other. Other people's work depends on your work. Because integrative design is about shared purpose. It's about bringing stakeholders together, which doesn't often happen. Most decisions are made by committee. Mm. Integrative design brings together everybody repeatedly. And that's big. Choices, decisions are mapped out and transparent as you challenge rules of thumb, as you question assumptions. And I guess that last part that's most important to me is that there is a rich dialogue. There is discussion. There is buy-in. And there's that consensus. Sound interesting? We found it fascinating. Because you've got to build trust. And you've got to have reciprocity. A little give and take. Something to work with. And that led to pragmatic outcomes for less money in shorter time. But but it also built trust among the group. And it built a an ability to share and exchange our skills and to develop our skills together to lift each other up in an empowering and supportive way. Given that we had already picked people up from where they were which is why we followed up on it for the next decade of work in the Big Fab Solar Collab and now in the Solar Transfusion. So integrative design is the process that leads to the evolution and the emergence of a purpose statement. The things that we believe in, the values that we invest in, the principles, how do we roll? It aligns us all, and it reminds us, the purpose statement in the integrative design process reminds us to attend to our shared values, our identity, as well as our motivation for change and our commitment to develop and integrate our human capacities as we move through, in this case, let's say the solar transfusion. Our purpose statement has evolved over 13 years to now be configured to guide and to bound the scope of our work. And if you think about it, this is actually a very normal part of design, a part of engineering, is that we need, we need guides, we need boundaries to know the scope and the, the purpose of why we're doing what we're doing, what motivates us, how do we do the thing that we do, and to really establish then what are we doing. Think about the bounds of what a firm, a solar firm does to adapt to a rapidly changing environment of solar as an exponentially growing energy industry. The structure of a purpose statement contains three parts. And again, a purpose statement is not a business 
mission statement. It's not a vision statement. It, it's trying to convey the way that the system, the collective system, functions as a regenerative whole. So the stakeholders, plus the designers, plus the investors, all of the members, plus the landscape that is going to support the project. And you bet that's a lot. And it's a new way of thinking. It's a new way of doing solar. It's something that we've come to call entangled engineering, in fact. Entangled engineering. And again, this is why, in order to get to these areas, you have repeated events, why you have integrative design. We find that we have an obligation to align around a core set of beliefs, values, and principles, and they will guide us. So I like to break down the ideas of beliefs, values, and principles into short, easy statements. So beliefs, I'm looking for, what do we feel is for real? Like if we can get beliefs about things like, in, in our case, of the Big Fab Solar Collab, we, we believed in us. We believed in our skills, our passion, our crew. And way back in 2007, we believed in every student who showed up and kept showing up to be a part of the design, construction, and operation of a solar-powered house. We made something amazing out of nothing for the solar decathlon. And we learned from that process. And it was built on believing in us, believing that everyone should have a space to belong. It was believing that our practices matter. What we do, how we do it matters. And we firmly believed in making a difference from our perspective as, let's say, students, people without a lot of power at the time. Making a difference from within the world is all about taking responsibility for our practices. You know, and you imagine that you're having a, a workshop inside of a, a grade school gym and around the, the gym walls are these posters that say, play fair, share with others. Everybody should get their shot, right? All of these kind of uplifting statements that we tend to lose sight of as we move out into the working world. Our belief was that we make a difference by also taking responsibility for our practices and we can affect your well-being as designers, as engineers, as participants in your community. What about values? Values are, in, in, in the world of, of solar design, in the world of the solar transfusion, and by that I'm talking about the Big Fab Solar Collab as our basic foundation, values are not fixed ideals. Values are actually actions. That, it's like value is not a noun. It's a verb. And, a, and as a verb, to value is going to be to invest in. What are our bodily investments? That's what we're talking about when we say values. So our beliefs are going to be all about what do we feel is for real. Our values are what, are what do we invest our bodies in? And you could see investing your time and your 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 ability to develop new skills you could be investing your time to get that a in college to get that 
superior GPA and shiny new resume, these students of the Solar Decathlon weren't necessarily doing that. They were oftentimes sacrificing time spent to get a better grade and committing that into developed funds. At one point in time, we raised enough money to bring Ed Begley Jr. in to be a speaker on sustainability and to help us uh, in our, our solar decathlon home. The, the investment of time, the investment towards this core goal of design, build, and operate a solar-powered house in 2007 when, frankly, nobody believed in solar. The general population thought solar was a dream, and, and we were working to shift that. And I can remember being in State College, going on a bike ride with our media lead, Tom, and Ed Begley Jr. We're on a bicycle ride. We got a helmet. We're riding around State College. It was pretty great. The fact that we ended up with an 800-square-foot home that did amazing things, it delivered lifetime careers to 150-some enterprising students. And it really made a, a, a living difference in how they approach sustainability and, and how they approach teams. That was, that was powerful. A lot of what I'm thinking about is that common or shared purpose. Like, how would you imagine your greatest successes moving forward? Not as an individual, but as, as, a, as a collective, as a collaborative effort. Have you, have you ever had that experience where working together as a team, as something more than just you, you've managed to accomplish amazing things? Has that happened to you? It's definitely happened to me, fortunately, several times. And I'm hoping that I can share why why we have something special in our efforts to transform the solar world over here in the solar transfusion. And this has led us to what drives the, the what, how, and why of, of, of defining and shaping a purpose that is jointly intentional, that is shared and motivating. That rests upon a foundation of shared beliefs, values, and common principles. If you can create a common or a shared set of four, maybe five values that work for your firm, that work for your social group, along with your beliefs, you're going to be much more likely to, to be able to trust each other, to work independently when you need to, and to move towards an accomplished goal without having to backtrack and redo design work. And on to principles. Principles are how we roll. How do you roll? Do you pick people up in the here and now? Do you know if your firm is even signaling that you're a safe space for marginalized individuals to come to be a part of your community? Or are you one of those firms that is looking for the best of the best? What does that even mean? But what mean? does that mean? When very few people 
actually have training in solar energy when we all know that the solar field that the energy field is dominated by older white able males you're like throwing away the vast majority of people who can contribute to the solar field what are your principles how do you roll we had a core principle to pick people up in the here and now and what we found was when we did best we were picking up people who who showed up and kept showing up so we picked people up and we gave people a chance you know we believed in blank slates we invested in a discovery process knowing that if you give them the space and they align with the beliefs values and principles of your firm you're going to get amazing things working as a collective working with them and they will change they are not the people who just enter and perhaps more importantly to all y'all out there in the solar world you begin to change too it's interactive they affect you and we found out that when you do that you pick up artists you pick up people from the humanities you pick up diverse backgrounds you pick up different voices and you don't extract anything from them this is not about using those features this is about sharing trust reciprocity and so you help others to be prepared in that process you can pick people up in the here and now along along with that process is your responsibility of making a difference your responsibility for your practices to help others to be prepared make a space where people know they can belong people will come you don't have to set higher and higher criteria the reality is there are a lot of amazing people out there in the world and you'd much rather have a person who is who had the passion the common beliefs the common values that you have and is fully functionally able to engage in the principles that you've set up one principle that we embraced from the solar decathlon into the big fab solar collab the idea of design to make something make it touchable make it measurable make it real make it matter boy that resonates with just about any engineer out there but it also resonates with everybody who wants to change the world and wants to shape things from a perspective of power imbalances for those at the margins and bringing forward principles of environmental and energy justice and that was central to those of us on the solar decathlon and part of that meant we had to account for the differences account for differences that matter if you don't know that the energy industry is systematically excluding certain people while including others then you're not accounting for that difference if you're accounting for that you're you're actually aware and seeking to understand the measure of difference of disparity in access to energy in uh differentials of of cost for energy within different locales you take a account for that and you start shifting how you are delivering your goods and services for solar products 
And I think the last way that we would roll, and we've done this over and over again, it's at the core of the Solar Decathlon. You've got a bunch of aspirational students, some crazy faculty, wonderful yet crazy faculty, and a few industry partners. And your goal is to build a house with no money, effectively, and pursue an educational experience with very few, if any, official courses. You wanna design a house, build a house, and then ship it to the National Mall across the highways? This is unbelievable. But we did it. The house was called Natural Fusion. Ah, look at that. The house was called Natural Fusion, and you are in the Solar Transfusion. Ooh, honey. Guess we just can't get away from that. But what happened was we operationalized the improbable. Not the impossible. We operationalized the improbable. And then we did it again. And then we did it again. And again and again. Operationalizing the improbable. It's an act of collective action. It's an act of integrative design. It's an act of entangled engineering that makes this happen. And if I think about it, our beliefs, values, and principles were tied to and continue to be tied to the outcomes that we are seeking. We are using this means of integrative design to shift our investments appropriately. We invested in change, our own personal journeys, our own personal purposes to be authentic, to be vulnerable. That was tied to teaching each other new things that made us better professionals. We valued design and design is really building intentionality into a system, into a community, into a locale. And I invite you to think about that. And we'll share some more resources in the future. But if you're interested, please reach out at Heliotactic on LinkedIn, on Instagram. We are also at The Solar Transfusion on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Feel free to reach out to They Frey. I look forward to hearing from you. If any of this inspires you or if any of the, this seems like something you'd like to reach out and get a, a personal consultation or a facilitation, my name is Frey Brownson, PhD, and I would be more than happy to, to offer you perspective on how you might make the difference, the difference that matters in terms of diversity, in terms of energy and energy justice. Because I think that you too want to belong. And you do. When you're here, friend, you belong. In the solar transfusion. Thanks again, friends. Have a great day. This recording of the solar transfusion is a part of Heliotactic Press, a consulting firm that works on issues of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in the energy industry, with special emphasis on solar ecology and community solar. You can always reach out to heliotactic at gmail.com. 
Our soundtrack is brought to you by Rick Hirsch and Rick Hirsch's Big Ol' Band.